This is Tuesday, May 16th. How often are you filled with gratitude over God's love for you? That you can see that God has set his affection on you. I remember years ago hearing about a judge who was worshiping at church one Sunday, and he went forth and knelt down to receive the Lord's Supper. Out of the corner of his eye, he could see a man that had stood before him in court. A man that had been found guilty of a serious offense and had gone to jail and also served his time. At the end of the service, the judge spoke to his pastor, explaining that that moment seeing the other man was overwhelming to him. And the pastor agreed, saying that it was a remarkable thing that that man was in church. But you see, the pastor had gotten it all wrong. The judge was amazed, not that that man was there. He knew he needed grace. The judge was amazed that he was there, that God worked in his prideful heart and had brought him to repentance. Now here's our text for today, Joshua chapter 2, verse 8 to 14. Before the spies lay down for the night, she, that's Rahab, went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have found how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above, and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. Now this scene comes from the Old Testament. It's pretty humorous and also a bit surprising. Here's what happened. When the time came for Joshua to lead Israel into the land God promised to give his people, Joshua sent in two spies. Now Jericho was a fortified town, one of the most ancient settlements in the world. And Israel, well, they'd spent 40 years in the wilderness. So it must have been quite an experience for those two men to go into a town. They'd never been in one before. And where do they go when they arrive? Yes, they go to see a prostitute. Now, we're not told what they did there except hide. Nor are we told how they explained to Rahab, the prostitute, that they were followers of the Lord. Instead, it sounds more like she ends up proclaiming the Lord to them. Did you hear what she said to the men when they came up on the roof? She said, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Wow, she has more faith and understanding than they do. Now passages like this challenge us to rethink the way we see people. It's tempting to size people up, gauging where they are spiritually, rather than considering that God has already been working in their lives. As with Rahab, this is what we learn about her. She had a better grasp of, a grasp of what is coming, and she pleads with the spies for protection 
for her and her family when the city is destroyed. How often do we prejudge people and write them off? You see, judging people this way does not take into account the nature of the gospel. God is drawing people to himself, people far away and also people who are near. Rahab is an unlikely helper for the spies and an unlikely person to be included in the people of God. But you see, this is the way God works. Like the judge who was surprised at the changing of his own heart, we likely should be less surprised at the salvation of others than our own. You see, we know ourselves. We know the heart obstacles in us to faith in Christ. Now, as the story goes, Rahab was right. Soon, through a gift of God's grace, a ragtag group of Israelites would take possession of that ancient city. Rahab and her family would be saved in the process. And just to add a little icing on that cake, Rahab becomes part of the line that goes through King David and all the way to Jesus. Rahab married Salmon, the father of Boaz, the father of Obed, the father of Jesse, and yes, the father of David, as Matthew explains in the introduction to his gospel. This is the way God's grace works, through unlikely people in unlikely ways, to accomplish God's purposes in Christ. Now, of course, this should all have us wondering about our own stories. Often we count ourselves out, wondering how God could do anything in us or through us, or we count other people out. And when we do this, we've forgotten God, that there's nothing impossible for him. And we've also forgotten that everyone needs grace. You see, it's this truth that undergirds all that Granada is and does. We trust that God is extending his grace in us and through us into our city. Let's pray together. Forgive us, O Lord, for forgetting you. Remind us each day that your ways are higher than our own and your thoughts higher than our thoughts. Lead us to worship and gratitude in seeing the gospel of your grace. For in your name we pray. Amen.